श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जय और भक्तवृंद की जय भूत Continuing our discussion of Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, chapter 6. And we heard in our last discussion how Narada had sat, and he sat well, having walked well, without, detach, without attachment to anything in the world that he had seen, and much of it for the first time, in that he had never left home before. The implication of those verses in one sense, as I mentioned, was that he had such one-mindedness in his pursuit that the glare of the world, which is described in various verses in both uh, city and rural life and so forth and all the goings on there, it uh, had no uh, held had no attraction for him. He was not distracted by it. Hmm? He ended up in the forest alone. There he sat, and as I say, because he walked well and he could sit well and he sat very well, um, and in that sitting, having a purified heart, the Lord could make his appearance. And he did. He had the darshan of Bhagwan, whom the sages had talked about, theologized about, whom they had experienced. And in the, in the enthusiasm of their experience, they had, through their bhakti, they conveyed a sense of, of, of faith, their experience, their faith. Faith means the removal of doubt. Hmm. Um, he experienced that. It was profound, compelling. It was contagious. Hmm. He followed their instructions and so on and so forth. And now the theological person, as I like to say, that rests on or stands on, or dances on a philosophical uh, stage. Hmm. The art of his movement appears on a philosophical canvas. Having that philosophical canvas in place and applying himself in bhakti, in as a sharanagata, hmm. this drama then of Krishna began to appear in his heart. He saw Bhagavan in his mind. This is Antar Darshan, internal Darshan. Hmm. Still later he will get an external Darshan that is even more profound, but he had an internal meditative Darshan of the Lord in his mind, and so naturally it affected his ears and his eyes, his tactile sense and so forth. He began to experience the Lord in every way. All the senses are drawn to that powerful object now that had taken over his mind to serve that only. Hmm? So it was very um, profound. He was very satisfied. However, hmm, almost as soon as he appeared, he disappeared. Hmm? And so his, such as his, his freedom, his free will, such as the nature of bhakti, as we described. It's not a formula that you do. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight, nine, ten, and you're going to get a corresponding result. There's a person on the other end. He may respond, he may not, or he will respond, but he may not respond in a way that you might expect or in a predictable way. He will respond. That's true. He's drawn by love. What can be done? Hmm? According to the measure of our love, we'll draw him. But even in that, then, the ways of love are mysterious. So, even in the context of showing his love, sometimes he disappears. So, this is the case here. He disappeared. And it's useful now for us to take, uh, emphasize the reading of Jiva Goswami and that of Prabhupada's here, 
where Narada, in this reading of the text, is developing Prem. So he's come to like the, the just the, the budding, flowering, the fruit, just the beginning fruiting of of this uh, Prem Rasananda. Krishna appears once in the Prem Bhakta's life in this world, and then he disappears. And that disappearance serves to uh, intensify then the devotee's practice. Narada's practice was intense already. Now it has intensified a trillion fold. Hmm? Because you don't know what you've got till it's gone, as they say. So, hmm? he got it. And then it was gone. Therefore, as I said the other day, it's said that in union there is one Krishna. And when you meet Krishna, there is one Krishna. In separation, there are millions of Krishnas. One's looking everywhere and seeing reminders of him everywhere. Uh, such are the virtues of separation. And Prem moves in this way. The 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 low tide hmm, of separation enables us to enter into the ocean of Prem. Hmm, and then gradually the high tide of, of union comes to pass. We find this progression, for example, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Shikshastakam in the final two uh, stanzas of his uh, eight verses. Hmm. Prem and separation, Prem and union, and then Prem and union and separation, and separation and union, union and separation. <laughs> so, big topic, but here briefly, the, the sprout of Prem and in the form of Bhav has appeared. He had a darshan. He's actually touching the Prem, but now the Lord has disappeared, and so he's trying to get him back, but he can't. He's unsuccessful. And uh, so then what happens? He says, Evam etantam pijane mam aha kuchuru kiram gambira slakshnaya vacha sucha Prashmanayan Iva. Seeing my attempts, hmm, thus, in the lonely place, in the forest, underneath the banyan tree where he had taken shelter, the personality of Godhead, who is transcendental to all mundane description, spoke to me with gravity and pleasing words, just to mitigate my grief. So here it is mentioned that he who is beyond speech spoke. So what kind of speaking is that? This is, of course, an Upanishadic idea that it's important to uh, stress and to understand that that the that which we are speaking about is lies beyond the realm of speech. It, it cannot be captured in words. The Upanishads say, that from which the mind returns, that from which the wor words return. They tried to go there and they could not, they, they could not adequately, they could not do justice. Something like that. The Vedanta Sutra just said, Ikshaterna Ashabdat. Shankar, one of the commentators, of course not a Vaishnava commentator, he explains this sutra um, in accordance with what the Shruti is saying, that the Absolute is beyond words, beyond thought. And therefore, in Shankar's philosophy, the Absolute is described all by negative ab ab adjectives. He's not this, he's not that. Not anything of this world. Something like that. This world we can talk about to one extent or another, and there's nothing in it. If there's anything in it that's like him, it's us. And we can't talk much about ourselves either, which is also beyond, we're also beyond words, but to speak of him. Hmm? Beyond, that is to say, fully a, a complete description, the empiric attempt to grasp and capture the subjective 
realm of consciousness is fraught with uh, with difficulty because it's not an object. Hmm? To make it into an object is why it, in science it's they cannot find it. <laughs> you have trouble turning it into an object, and the reason is because it's not an object. It's not like matter. So when you try to understand it, like the uh, the balance of the material world, the objective side of life, then I wonder it's going to be troublesome. There are subjective means for knowing. I like to call it really objective subjectivity. This is yoga. This is spiritual practice. It makes one very objective because one has to become detached to practice yoga. Detachment is part of objectivity. If we get too close to a thing, then we, the implication is we become biased. Hmm? We don't see it for what it is. When we step back, we see it objectively. So you want to be without emotion in the lab, you know, making the experiments. Just the facts, ma'am. Hmm? Something like that. Hmm? So uh, here we're employing an objective uh, methodology to the extreme with regard to understanding the nature of being. We're stepping back from the world with objectivity. We're practicing in the context of bhakti, detachment. We can become detached from the objects of the world. The implications, we might be able to better understand them. So the measure of detachment called for is extreme in yoga. It's a lifestyle. It's not just something that you do in the lab, hmm? and it's but it's an objective subjectivity because this, because it, we're stepping back from matter, hmm? see it for what it uh, what it is, and and in the direction of the subjective uh, realm, we're tr- trying to we're theorizing it's different from matter, and so we're going to step back from matter to seek to validate that, demonstrate that. And what we find is by doing that, we become bigger, we become better, we become more whole. We don't become lesser beings. We become the greater beings that, for example, have influenced the world for for centuries, the Jesuses, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhus, even the Shankars and so forth. These, these people's influence will not go away in a short time. Hmm. Um, so, at any rate, uh, we ourselves are beyond words, beyond thought. Therefore, to know oneself, one needs to learn how to stop thinking. Hmm. Uh, as I've often said, it's not because we have eyes we can see or ears we can hear. They're getting in the way of our seeing and hearing. We are the seer, we are the hearer, we are the knower. Hmm. However, that said, and it's worth emphasizing, the absolute is beyond thought, beyond words. A great Baladevidibhushan, the Vaishnav commentator in the Gaudiya line, who hailed originally from the Madhva line and crossed over, he's a linking between the lines in some respects. Uh, he has commented on the same sutra, Ikshaterna Shabdat in another way, and it's very insightful. He says, invoking the same Shruti references, as is often done, in explaining the sutras. The sutras are meant to explain the Upanishads, what they mean, all these sounds, and show the concordance of them, how they're all saying a particular thing. They're they're teaching a particular truth or doctrine. Hmm. So to... Sutra means a thread, also sort of tie a thread through that all this revealed scripture and show that it's that it's uh, it's uh, it's saying it's speaking in unison, so to speak. It seems to have divergent voices going in many directions and so forth. But by careful study, the sutra of the sutras, the point is, which is Vyasa's like notes on on it all, especially on what will then become the Bhagavatam, his commentary on the notes. Um, seeks to show it, as I say, it all speaks in one voice. So the different commentators on the sutras are trying to show that. So, at any rate, Baladev invokes the same shruti, 
the absolute Brahman, which is the subject here, is beyond words, from where words return, from where the mind returns. But he says it's not that you cannot speak about it, but it's that we cannot say enough about it. Shankar's group should be quiet by their own philosophy. He's ineffable. You cannot speak about him. So they preoccupy themselves with speaking at all about that which he's, he's, he's not. So that's good. Fine. Now we'll take over from here. We don't say that our words will, will completely capture him and to emphasize that we say there's not enough that can be said about him. So the Vaishnavas are always speaking about him. And in the context of doing so, new and new insights about him are coming in this way. There's a continual, uh, continuous, ongoing revelation about the ever fresh, ever new, always full yet expanding hmm, uh, realm of of Prem in which the personality of Godhead resides. Hmm. So here it is mentioned, and very nicely, they see the way the two have been put together. The ineffable one spoke. So he, he cannot be captured by words. We cannot say enough about him. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of emphasizing this Vaishnav point of view. He's not just not this, not that. He's someone and he has something to say. He can talk. You cannot put him, capture him in words, hmm? but he can talk. Hmm? He can speak about himself. He can reveal himself, the implication is. Hmm? He can be known if he wants to be known. Pujapachita Marsh used to give a nice idea that he came up with that believe in his youth in an argument against his uh, theistic uh, preoccupation, which was a little extreme. It's good to be a good Brahmin and religious uh, young man, but uh, a little extreme, this whole you know, renunciation idea, joining the Chaitanya group and so forth. At any rate, someone had put before him the idea that um, finite cannot know the infinite. Hmm? Finite, being finite, how can it capture the infinite? Of course, he gave the insightful reply that infinite can know the finite if the finite wants the infinite and finite to know out of its infinite power. Hmm? So, I don't know if he knew it at the time, but this is more or less a shruti aphor, you know, aphorism from the Upanishads. That, uh, you know, things like, he who says he knows Brahman does not know Brahman. He who says he does not know Brahman knows Brahman. And and the Absolute who reveals himself, what is that verse? Yato, Mani Bhutani, hmm. getting a little rusty on some of these verses, but Yato Vai, Imani Bhutani, hmm. Anyway, he says, the absolute will be known by he who he, by the one whom he wants to reveal himself to. It's on his terms. Shudamarsh once gave the example of the, and I've cited it before, uh, the UFOs. You know, if you, if you go out in your backyard and you see a UFO landed, then you run inside to tell your your friends, I, there's a there's there's a UFO in the backyard, and they all come. Well, okay, they, they come along, okay, and they get there. Of course, there's no UFO. Then what do you do? <laughs> You're now. What do I do? You know, I saw it, and they're looking at you like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, what do you do? You can't. You know, you've been called. It's been shown to you. Not that they're going to do that, but <laughs> just an example. Hmm. Uh, then what do you do? You've got to go join a UFO group of people who have seen. And uh, you have to get some comfort and talk about it and compare notes and so forth. So God makes himself known to some. He calls on some. He reveals himself. We see him in a way that 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 that, that draws us um, to... Uh, 
live the religious life, to live the spiritual life. People want to like have a religious life, maybe, attach it to their life and carry on, but this is, in a, in a more profound sense, a transformative sense, it becomes your life. Hmm? So, you've got to find sang- sangha, sadhu sangha like this, where you can share this uh, enthusiasm in, in which that can grow, and so you get on that Vaikuntha ship, and that's the UFO, it's, uh, We've identified it. It's no longer unidentified. It's coming from Baikunta to take us, take us there. So, so if he wants us to know, we can know. Hmm? Um, he is beyond thought, beyond speech, but he thinks and he talks. And who does he talk to? Hmm? So here he, the ineffable, ineffable one, speaks to Narada. Hmm? What was and what was that speech? How did he talk? What did it sound like? Hmm? It was in every language at the same time. Hmm? So it was in it was in the local language. He knows every language. Babadook, he has he can speak every language and very cleverly and so on and so forth. He spoke to Nard. Some words are used to try to describe that. That can't be described. What was the sound of his speech? Words cannot do justice to that. Nard has used a couple of words here. Gambira. Slakshana vacha. Gambira slakshana vacha. His vacha, his words were, were gambira. Where does that take you? The word Gambira means deep, deep, profound. But for Gaudias, it takes on a deep and profound meaning because it takes us to the very to the place where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performed the Antilila. It's called the Gambira, a small stone room. You can go there to Jagannath Puri, and you can you can you can see that room. You can touch that room. And it was about, I don't know, eight by eight. Hmm? So if your room here is not too big, don't don't get too concerned about it. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed in an eight by eight room with no, I think, no windows. Hmm? You don't need a big place. You need a big heart. Hmm? You don't need a big house. Probably was said to have a heart big enough that the whole world could live inside of it. Hmm. Lots of room there. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lived in a tiny stone room, but what came out of that room was so big, it's overflown across the oceans, touched down here, even here in Central America and other Americas and European countries and Asia and so on and so forth. Hmm. How big is your heart? This is so. This is what is important. Hmm? So we're taken there, and we and we, we, we the, the Gambir, it, it 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 is is a bit uh, a bit. Uh, um, it's deep, it's sweet, but it's also has some Aishwarya to it. Hmm? You can't get close to the Gambir and the experience of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there. Hmm? Some Aishwarya is there. He's entering into the sweetness of Vrindavan. Hmm? But still, some Aishvarya is there externally. Hmm? When the sadhu becomes taken entirely by Krishna, he may be preaching, she may be preaching and preaching, and Krishna then, enough. You said so much about me. You know so much about me. Hmm? And close their mouth and take them back. Then some Aishvarya of inability to talk, inability to communicate. We see that Bhaktivinoda locked himself up for the last four years of his life. In the room went mad until Prashad was put under the door or something like that. Hmm? This is Samaishvarya, you can't get too close to that. Hmm? But it's but he's actually entering in that externally this Samaishvarya keeps us it helps us understand that the sweetness that he's entering into. Hmm? 
that in that plain all Aishvarya is there as well. There's no more opulent place. There's no more knowledge anywhere than in Vrindavan. But of course it's suppressed. So, Pujala Raga Patagodavabhange, Matala Harijan Kirtanarangi. We should have some reverence for that plane. This is the teaching of Bhakti Siddhanta. We shouldn't cultivate reverential love of God. Let us have reverence for that kind of love of God, hmm? such that we pujala ragapata, that we worship the ragmarg. We'll keep ourselves paramhangsa param paramartha patim, this is a nice prayer describing Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur written by Pujapachita Marsh. He was a Paramhamsa, but he put himself in the Parivrajaka position. Hmm? Paramhamsa means like mad person, hmm? Not as we, in terms of what we're talking about. But he brought himself down to talk to the people, to do the preaching. We talked about him on his uh, appearance day. What did he do? Bhajan for nine years, sitting in one place and chanting. He got up from that. Not because he was bored, <laughs> not because he had some desires to fulfill, hmm? other than the desire of Bhakti Vinod Thakur to see, the desire of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to see this teaching be spread. Hmm? And he did it in a big way. Hmm? And he taught like this that we shall position ourselves below the Paramhamsas, we shall worship what they are involved in, hmm? and that will attract it to us. We cannot try to rush in there. But we don't want to keep away from there either. So this is a very nice idea. We don't want to artificially run there with our shoes on and think we've gone there by some mental adjustment or because we've learned some verses or we know we've read the intimate pastimes where some guru has said, you are such and such manjari. Of course, if we'd gone to another one, he would have said, and you are such and such manjari. This is, was a problem at the time. And we went to the third one and said, and you are such and such manjari, as if it had all been revealed by Bhagavan. <laughs> the swaroop for the jeev, this is coming here in this section here. Now it is going to get a swaroop, how it comes about. It's not manufactured by the guru. It's a blessing of Bhagavan that comes through the guru, no doubt. But this is this is a high thing. This is our prayojan then, to attain this. That prayojan tattva should be revered. Hmm? We don't worship Krishna in, 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 in reverence like we would worship Narayan, but we worship the plane of Vrindavan, according to Bhakti Siddhanta, that Rag Marg, with regard. And then, what do we do? We speak about it. We try to explain it. We put it in the best terms possible. Why is that God, we, Mr. Sain and I we were talking about songs and poems. I suggested the idea. Um, what was it? Hmm. When God falls in love. This is the whole of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Now, write a poem about that, a song about that. That is just the whole idea, when God falls in love. Hmm. Put it simply, Prabhupada used to say, everyone is trying to worship God, and we are worshiping the that which God worships. This is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Jai Radhe. Yeah. Radhe is the object of God's love. Hmm? Of course, this is beyond God idea. So, to take these ideas, to try to break them down and explain to the people and share them and so forth, keep ourselves preoccupied with this rather than some artificial uh, uh, something in the name of bhajan. Hmm? When we when Bhagavan feels we are qualified, when Gurudev feels we are qualified, then we can sit, hmm? really, and, and effectively, I mean, sit once and for all, something like this. Hmm? So to worship that, and then until Pujalaragapata Gaurava Bhangai, then the Gaurava means reverence, Bhangai, that will be broken into chorus of its own. Matala Harijan Kirtan Rangi, they're doing the Kirtan. Hmm? Worshipping the Ragmarg, hmm? then that Ragmarg will come within. We'll have Adhikar for that. Enter into it formally, fully, not just without taste, but with taste. Not with only with Ruchi, but with Rati. Hmm? With Rag, as Narda is here. Hmm?
So this is going on, in, this is Mahaprabhu in the Gambira, this is the final stage. We see he conducted himself in kirtan, preaching, outreach, and so forth. In the last part of his life, he entered into the Gambira, and practically he didn't come out from there. This Gambira is where he enters into Vrindavan. Hmm? And as I say, the external signs of it, that's Madhurya, that's the sweetness, the external signs of it, Samaishvarya, thinking that is a high place, goodness. We'll worship that ideal. Hmm? So here the word Gambira is used describing his speech. It means deep, deep, what and just think deep. Nard is trying to capture it in a word. Deep, profound, heavy, meaningful. Hmm? Slakshana. And very beautiful, very pleasing at the same time. Hmm? He can't describe it. His words, his speech are him. Hmm? They are non- He's having now the experience of Bhagwan. He had it in his the darshan, in antar darshan, inner darshan. Now he's hearing the sound. So Bhagwan's coming back. And what does he say to him? Now he's going to say something. He's not just making a sound, but he's going to say something to him. Hantasmin janmani bhavan mamam drashtum Iharati avipakva kashayanam durdarsoham kuyoginam. It says, O Narada, Janamani bhavan mamam drastum iharati. Here means in this world, you yourself. will not be able to see me again in this lifetime. Those who are incomplete in their service and are not, com- not completely free from all material taints can hardly see me. There's different ways to interpret this verse, but following Prabhupada's interpretation, who follows Jiva Goswami here, we are again looking at Narada as uh, Murchitakashai, Beginning Mahabhagavata, Pujapachita Marsh gave the example. He's got two feet here, but his eyes are there. Hmm? He's in the forest. Forest means Satvaguna. Hmm? Satvaguna is like, yeah, like a lifting off point. Hmm? But the difference between the Satvaguna, the forest, and the temple, there's a difference between the uh, saguna and the nirguna, so transcendental. But he's in the forest. The implication is he has some attachment to the solitary life that is conducive for spiritual practice and so forth. But nonetheless, uh, it's not affecting his practice, but it's still there. The murtikashai means he has some the vasanas, Desires, heat in the heart, they can't manifest. His bhakti is so strong, it's like pouring water on the seeds, you drown them. They're waterlogged, they can't come out, they can't sprout. Hmm? But they're still there. Hmm? So this is the beginning. Very high stage. So he's saying, you're like this, I showed you myself, I gave you special darshan. Now I won't appear again. Now you're, you know I exist. Hmm? For sure, you've had experience. Your intensity to attain me is increased. I don't show myself to kuyogis. Kuyogi means like, like, uh, like a, bo- like a bogey yogi. <laughs> he said, I'll show myself to bogey yogi. So there's different ways to, that's a strong term in a sense. Hmm? Kuyogi. Hmm? Incomplete. Then the way of it, more general, general way, is who's not perfect in their yoga yet, hmm? whose yoga has not reached the, the, fully the perfection, it has not fully fruited yet. Hmm? I show myself, and again, as I said earlier, that increases their intensity, and that takes them the distance then to meet with me. Hmm? So, the other way, of course, to look at it is that. I have shown myself to you. I don't generally do that. 
most people are kuyogis, so they don't get my darshan, but you are very extraordinary. I've given you the darshan, which comes at Prem and and so on and so forth. So um, that is the way, for example, Vishwanath Chakrabhita looks at the verse, who has seen all along here that Narada attained Prem even before he left home. Diva Goswami and Prabhupada are looking at the verses in other words, he's developing Prem as he goes along. So, at any rate, following that interpretation, Krishna says here, so, I regret that during this lifetime you will not be able to see me anymore. Those who are incomplete in their service, who are not completely free from all uh, Durdarsha, difficulty, it may mean, Prabhupada is interpreted here as material um, taints. So that difficulty, Durdarsha, could, could mean material taints. It could mean residue of anarthas, aparad uh, artha, from aparad that carries all the way into bhava bhakti and so forth. So some fine, subtle, subtle difficulties, impediments that will be transcended in due course holding him back. Hmm? Krishna says, O virtuous one, you have only seen me, you have only once seen my person, and this is just to increase your desire for me, because the more you hanker for me, the more you will be freed from material desires. Hmm? Or, hmm, Impediment, hrit, shayan, impediments that are there in the heart. Hmm. Um, and then he says, Sat Sevaya, hmm. you, you did service to me. Hmm. You served the great souls, hmm. even for a few days. And that has such power. By that, a devotee attains firm and fixed intelligence in me. Consequently, he goes on to become my associate in the transcendental world after giving up the present troublesome material existence. So here he's saying to him, basically, I know your situation. The sages, I sent those sages to your house. That was me. I sent them there. I came there in the form of those sages. I instructed you through them in bhakti. They were sakshadhoritvena. Hmm? And, and this was arranged by me. And I noted that you paid such attention. It's, that association is so valuable. You took advantage of that for a few days. You, you, that, it, a short, short time they were there. It was actually a couple months, but this is still a few days in, the, in terms of the eternal sojourn from a time without beginning, you took advantage of that sadhusanga, sadhusanga, shaiva sastikoi, lava matra sadhusanga, sarva siddhihoi. Hmm? Any amount of time in this life is just a moment, a fraction of a second in comparison to anadi karma. So, so you took advantage of that. And so at that time it became firmed up. This is what he's saying. At that time it became firmed up. You will become my associate. Hmm? We've we it, it, we're just playing out the details now. Hmm? The ticket was purchased. Hmm? There, reservations were made. The ticket was purchased. Hmm? I've just been waiting for you to pack your bags and leave behind. <laughs> you can't take everything with you. Come to terms with that, hmm? and so forth, and just come with essentially with what come with your heart only. Patrum Pushpam Palantoyam, you may back to prayer to tea. Tadam Bakti Parinamashnami Just come with your heart, that's all. You don't need anything. You don't need money. He says, Worship me with the fruit, a flower, water. The implication is everybody has these things, this is nothing. You don't even think about it. I've got water. Of course, you do these days. You want spring water. <laughs> At any rate. You, know, you can't have, without water you can't live, so everybody's got some water. Hmm? The implication of that verse from Gita I said is give your heart to me. Twice he says, Ashnami Pratatmana. 
Yoga in Bhakti Prayer to Tea. Twice he says, by, by devotion, by devotion. I eat the devotion. I eat the flower. Offer me a flower and I'll eat it. Generally, don't eat flowers. He's saying, give me your heart. I ate the, I ate the peels given to me by Vidura's wife I threw, who was throwing away the bananas. You know the story. I ate the peels. I'm living on the bhakti, on the love and affection. Give me your heart. At that time, I gave my heart to you in this form. I came in the form of the sadhus. They initiated you. They brought you in their fold. That's me coming to you, giving my heart to you. This is my channel, Guru Parampara. This is the way I do that. And at that time, you gave your heart to me. Finished. Contract is signed. You will become my associate. Some time to play it out, something like that. Pull out the plug, the fan stopped. Still, it's going around a little bit of its own. You've been moving karmically in a certain way for a long time. Now we pull out the karmic plug. A little, what do they call that? Perpetual motion or something, or some kind of inertia or something. It's going to go a little bit, but it's going to stop. Something like that. Hmm? It's got a little inertia, so it's going to play itself out. We're waiting for that. And not even that long, as we see here. He's he's going to be, in a couple next verse, a couple verses, he's going to get his swarup. Krishna's going to bless him with his spiritual body. Hmm? He's going to leave this one behind. Even this body is not a karmic body at this point. Hmm? As a sadhaka deha. Karma is burned up in sadhana bhakti. When we graduate from sadhana bhakti, then the karma is burned up. Now he's living on bhava. Hmm? Krishna is arranging that continued living. Normally we would die, but because there's more to to bhakti than simply removing the negative influence of karma, there's the development of prema. Krishna preserves the body of a devotee. This is called bhava bhakti. On the strength and by the force of his internal energy that has, that has now, in a big way, made ingress into that devotee's life. He churns that kolavits that it turns into prem and so forth. So, that's still something to come. We stop there for the night and ask us any questions. Yes. That's right. No parabda. Hmm. It may appear like parabda. We look at the lives of the pandas, for example. They had so much bad karma, it would seem. <laughs> so many problems. Hmm. But do we think that the, the pandas are under karma? No. Hmm. Removal of the karma, that is kleshagni. This is in sadhana bhakti. Baba Bhakti means all the influence of karma is removed. Now he's moving under the will of the Lord. It looks like karma. This is the this is bhakti. It looks like he looks like a worldly person. He might look like a worldly person. Hmm? More so than a jnani who might be living naked and counting his breaths only and something like he might be publishing books or opening a temple or who knows what? It's some very interesting associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now they conducted themselves and so forth. This is all under the influence of Daivim Prakriti, Mahatmanastamam Partam, Daivim Prakriti Mashrita. Hmm? The removal of karma is a very small thing. Of course, the Prabda, and you see here it is also, you have to understand like this. The Prabda is removed first, the bad Prabda. Hmm? So, if it's taking you a while, then your bhakti is not very strong. Hmm? But the bad parabda is removed first. The parabda is man- the manifest karma. There's karma that's not manifest, the aparabda karma. That's being removed as well. That's that's easier to remove. But the, the force of bhakti is such that the parabda, bar- parabda karma, bad or a certain amount of it, is removed first. 
Therefore, the statement's like, immediately he could do the Vedic sacrifice. Hmm? Uh, who's doing Nam. Yan Nama Deha Shavananam Kirtanad Yat Pravanad Yat Smaranad Apikachit. Sabanayakopate, what is it? Even if, even if he's a dog eater, but he's chanting the name, he can perform the Vedic sacrifice. This means that's a Brahminical duty, in other words. That requires a certain type of parabda that a dog eater doesn't have. So the implication is that a certain amount of parabda is removed. Meanwhile, the operabda is being removed. But the last vestiges of the karma, how are you going to change that you are the son of so-and-so? That's Prabhupada karma, right? Your father's name is so-and-so, your mother's name is so-and-so, that's Prabhupada karma. How are you going to change that? That's also Prabhupada. So that has to be changed last. How is it changed? Hmm? You understand? Mahaprabhu says, I want to live in the house of Nanda Maharaj. Nanda Maharaj will become my father. Yashoda hmm? Mai is my mother. I want to marry Krishna, in other words. He's in the mood of Radha. Hmm? So this is Bhava Bhakti, you see. Ashakti. And it starts to happen in Bhava Bhakti. So he's living in that identity. Hmm? You can say, he no longer has the identity. I'm the son of so and so. He's got another identity. This is my father, this is my mother, this is what happens in Bhava Bhakti, you understand? You find your parents in Goloka. Hmm? You find your family. We find, uh, what is his name? Gopu Kumar enters into the Lila. He finds, oh, I'm that live in the family, in the house of, of Sridham, is it? Or uh, Sridham Gopa? Or is it Subal? I forget. I think the house, I'm the. I'm the House of Sri Dham, this is my place at the dinner table, and so forth. It's a whole other identity. It's this is so you can see that because you can change your parabda karma in so many ways, you can eradicate, but you can't change. I'm the son of so and so, but this is how you change it. Hmm? Parabda gone. That's the last vestiges of parabda karma, and things will happen to the devotee. That's why when we find that Bartamarsh fell, he became a deer. Vishnu Chakri Thakur's explained. This is Shobana karma. Shobana means beautiful. This is a beautiful arrangement of karma. It's karmic, but it's arranged by Krishna for a certain purpose, to teach devotees and so forth. It's really no blemish on the part of uh, Bharat. Or it's helping Bharat to go further. Krishna's taking a hand in it. So Krishna's active. This is the you know, the intervention that scientists are looking for. Where is the intervention of God in this world? You know, we don't see him. We say, look here, look at Chaitanya. Hmm? Look at Rupa Goswami. Look at this one. This we Here we find the hand of God here. They are doing the impossible. Hmm? Prabhupada was once asked in Hyderabad, we were there in a big 1975, at a big Pondal gathering, South India. Thousands and thousands of people came to hear Prabhupada speak. We were on the stage with Prabhupada. And so after the speech, he speak on the fifth canal of the Bhagavatam. Nayam deha bhajan miluke kastan kamanahate bhujam de. The teachings of Prashavdev. Hmm? Don't be a pig. Don't be a... It's, it's basically saying, use this human life properly. Vidbhujamje, don't be a, a stool eater. The pigs in India are eating the stool. You've been there before. Anyway, he's giving this nice talk. <laughs> and so afterwards there were questions, and then, uh, they would bring the question, write it down, and you know, one of the devotees would read it off. So one of the questions was, uh, Swamiji, I want to know, have you performed any miracles? Hmm? <laughs> And Prabhupada looked at some of us sitting on stage. He said, "Yes, this is my miracle. Hmm? They've given up sex. This is a miracle." Everybody went, "Ooh!" 
So this is miracle, this kind of thing. These are, uh, you don't need any, uh, what would be the value of magic? Yeah? If I can make some gold appear, hmm, but in the back room, <laughs> I'm doing something else, what would be the value of that? Hmm? It may attract some foolish people. Hmm? There, there are bigger miracles. The sadhu's life is a miracle. Hmm? His or her life is a miracle because they've done it's mission impossible. They've done the impossible. Hmm? They've turned their back on the world. The glare of it, the glitter of it, the attraction of it that has everyone in its in its palm of Maya's in the palm of her hand. Hmm? Like a dancing fool. Hmm? Only talking philosophy and other things. And meanwhile can't control the tongue. Hmm? Philosophizing and pontificating and <laughs> about so many things, the meaning of life, and can't control the tongue, can't, con- no, can't control the mind, can't control the anger, can't control the urge of the belly, hmm? the urge of the genital. Hmm? And who has? Prativim shashishat. Rupa Goswami says, Vachu vegam, manasokrodo vegam, chibha vegam, Udura pasta vegam, etan vegam, yobisahita dira, sarvam apimam, pretty beam, sasishat. The pretty bee. Pretty bee means the earth. Pretty beam, sasishat. means that person has risen above the earth. Hmm? The world becomes his sisha, his student, his disciple. The world is learning from him. Hmm? What is that dance? Everyone is under my dance. Dancing according to my uh, my beat, Maya is saying, this one is doing a beat of his own. Hmm? It's it's, on a, it's out of a different book, hmm? and 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 also, it's so nice because it's full of imp- 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 improvisation. Hmm? My beat is the same over and over again. Puna punas charvita charvananam. I decorate it in different ways. I use different instruments to play it, but it's the same beat. It's the same melody. And Prahlad, one of those miracle people, said it in a small way, a short way. Puna punas charbita charvananam. Chewing the chewed. That's all. Hmm? Oh, I want to buy that house. And people are living in Oh, I want to sell this house. Hmm? We're only picking up the garbage of other people. Hmm? Thinking it is so valuable. Someone is rejecting it. We are accepting it. And we we, we, we pick it up. We get tired. We put it down. We pick it up again. Punapunas charvita charbranam. Again and again, the same thing. It's made it. They say the prostitute only has one thing to offer her customer, but she wears a different dress every day. And so it's, you think it's something different. Hmm? But it's the same thing, over and over again. So Maya's tune is the same, hmm? but it, but it gets people to keep playing it by just changing the instrument, changing the scenery a little bit. And people think it, it's something more. There's something more there than what it is, but it's not. Hmm? There's no more there. There's no full meal there, and now he's dancing to a different beat, and it's full of improvises, improvisation. Improvisation. It's oh, it's 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 like jazz, you know. It just goes and eh, it's a uh, it's no there's no there's no shape to that. Hmm? It, 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 Leela, it has forms, but there are no forms. They're not like the material form. They're they're flexible, hmm? and the Leela moves in wonderful ways. The Leela Leela gives a form. It's not that there's a form to the Leela. Leela makes a form. Hmm? Rasa makes its own form, so to speak. Hmm? Always moving. Iver, uh, uh, what is that verse? Om Iver. Ujjwalnilmani says, and la prem moves in a crooked way, like a snake. Ooh, like this. She loves me, she loves me not. Some bog, vipralum, union and separation, unpredictable.
It's moving. This is a different kind of dance. Material life is so predictable. You're going to die. <laughs> it's so predictable. <laughs> and this life, beyond death, is totally unpredictable. What possibilities lie there? You can transcend death. And what is transcending death? You can say, well, it doesn't look like he transcended death to me. Nard is dying here also. Hmm? Of course, he's getting another body, but you don't see it like that. Everybody, he, Sadhu's also dying. You can say, we can say, no, you don't understand what is, what is death, and you don't understand what is life. Therefore, you don't understand death. Hmm? He has stopped dying. He has solved the dying problem, because the dying problem is that you can't take anything with you, and he doesn't want to take anything with him. Hmm? You understand? He solved it. He's not dying. That is what death is. Hmm? You're trying to take something with you and you can't. So it's a problem. It's a problem. Hmm? If you don't want to take anything with you, you have, if you are detached. Sukadeva appeared as a naked boy. And the implication was he had no attachment. Everybody stood up and thought, he knows. He knows. This is a basis for knowing. Then what will be the knowledge on top of that? Uh, just, without that, it's all ignorance. Hmm? Attachment to things, that is ignorance. So no, the sadhu has stopped dying. Hmm? He's ended dying. He is a living miracle. Hmm? He has no want. We should listen to him or her, what they say their experience is. Because then the gross materialists, the empiricists of today and so forth, they'll say, yeah, 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 but how do we know that what he says he experiences is actually what he experienced? Just don't bother us with this, you know. If you want to go like that, obviously there's no answer. Yeah. If you, this is what, if if you want to be an atheist, Krishna will make your faith strong. Then you can ask questions, stupid questions like that. But how do we know his experience is what he said? Maybe he didn't experience God. We say, well, this mystic over here, this one over here, there's enough correspondence, even in different traditions, for the basic idea of mysticism. But can we demonstrate it empirically? Can we prove that his the metaphysical implications, of, the descriptions of his experience are valid? And so this is, this is a waste of time. Hmm? We've already told you from the beginning, and you already know this is the subjective realm. Why do you try to objectify it? Hmm? That is your, that's why you can't understand it. Hmm? And you will only do that as much as you haven't got any experience of it. As soon as you get experience of that, then, like they say, if, if we they might be able to make a machine, the God machine, and you go in a booth and you put a quarter in and you get the God experience that the yogis, you know, got. They thought it was something else. It's just this particular arrangement in the brain. Hmm? Just get it right like that. And the God experience. My ego has collapsed. I know it's everything. I'm one with everything, and so forth. It's blissful, and so forth. My theory is: go ahead and you make the God machine, and what you will find is everybody will be in a God machine all the time, putting quarters in. <laughs> they won't have time to philosophize. It's something else. They just keep putting the quarters in. <laughs> Who has that experience knows this otherworldly. There's another world, and that's what I'm part of. I belong there. I'm of that soil, hmm? not of this soil here. Hmm? I'm not a thing that's here today and gone tomorrow. Hmm? And, and the, the force of their example, they stand up against the force of the world. And without any effort, they're resisting. Hmm. This idea. Was that an answer to a question? <laughs> what was that question? <laughs> Prabhu karma, yeah. It's miraculous. <laughs> All right. What's the time? We'll stop there. Gantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Sushi Dauji Gopal ki jai.
चाहे श्री भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रभुपात की जाए श्री भक्ति रक्षक श्रीधर देव गोस्वामी महाराज की जाए भक्ति विनोद परिवार की जाए पांच कृपा नमो नम भूत प्रेम